on this week's episode, Can Godzilla Demolish the Competition? Are you ready for some more Modern Warfare? And what in the is going on in Death Stranding? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He's our Rodan tearing up Humanica Media. You gotta check out everything going on today at humanicamedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Godzilla. I mean, oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Gajira? Is that what there it's called go. in the Japanese version? Joshira. Joshira. Yeah, there we go. How's it going, man? I'm good. Good. Just uh, hanging out and checking out all the uh, the Rambo trailer. I don't know how I feel about this, but uh, I'll probably go watch it anyways. There was Rambo First Blood, and now there is Rambo Last Blood. It's a trailer out there. Yes. Uh, it just It's coming to a close. He's at the point, Sylvester Stallone, where he's just fa- trying to finish off all of his characters. And you see that these days from Harrison Ford, Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're all trying to finish off their characters and get that last little chunk of change before they go ahead and head on out to whatever retirement type of activity they want to do. But yes, we've been seeing that a lot lately. In fact, recently Harrison Ford has stated that no one will take the mantle, in his opinion, of Indiana Jones if he can help it, even after he dies. So be that as it may, they're all finishing off their glorious careers and the trailer for Rambo Last Blood is available. You can check it out off of our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page indeed. But it is going to be a great episode of the PC Multiverse. We've got our good friend Salvador Villa talking some great board games because International Board Game Day is coming up this weekend. He's so excited for it. And he's going to tell you what games to look out for for International Board Gaming Day coming up this weekend, like I said. Plus, also as well, we're going to play a portion of Josh's interview with M Cable. I'll let him talk a little bit more about that here in a couple minutes. And then also some great stuff going on as we talk some Modern Warfare, some more Avengers, and also some Death Stranding as well. But first, my friend, it is going to be another big weekend at the box office because Godzilla, King of the Monsters, with what I would consider one of the best trailers so far in 2019 to come out i was very impressed by it even though i had really just zero interest going into watching any other godzilla movies after the debacle of a few years ago when the when the second rebooted godzilla movie came out because there was a first rebooted godzilla movie back many years ago with matthew broderick so i want to ask you my friend classic, are you excited what what said matthew broderick classic movie not even really Godzilla, but it's, it's a classic movie, classic 90s. If you say so. Okay. I've seen it. 
if you say so. But anyways, I digress. It is going to be a big weekend for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I want to hear your thoughts. Like I said, I was impressed with that trailer. It did catch me the right way, and it now makes me interested in actually seeing Godzilla, King of the Monsters this weekend. Your thoughts on the Godzilla franchise going forward. Could there be more in store for the Godzilla franchise if this does well? And could it involve King Kong? Yeah, I mean, there's already the, the Kong versus Godzilla planned, I think, for, what, 2021, if I remember the release dates correctly. You know, what's weird about this is they have Godzilla King of Monsters, and he actually is fighting all the monsters in this one. So what's left to conquer with the sequel? So it's kind of all the different Japanese Godzilla movies. He's fought one or two of these monsters, but now he's fighting them all at once. So it's kind of weird. If they're planning on having a whole monster franchise happen around this, what's next? What's left for him to fight after he fights these? Obviously, he's going to fight King Kong, but for what reason is he going to fight King Kong? I would love to see, though, is more development of the human characters in these movies. Because I remember with like Kong Skull Island was good, but they didn't really develop their characters very well. It's more centered around the, the big monster fights. And same thing with Godzilla, right? You had that really interesting dynamic between Aaron Johnson, I think his name is, and the guy from Breaking Bad. And they didn't really develop that at all. It, they were just kind of set pieces to the chaos between Godzilla and the, uh, the Mothra, I think. Was that Mothra in that first one? Mothra, that's correct. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I, I love the tone of the movies. I love the, you know, like you said, the trailer was really great. The, uh, the soundtrack looks really cool. It looks like a visual feast. And I really hope to see it, you know, sometime next week. But yeah, I'm on board, man. I'm fully on board. How are you feeling about it, though? Like I said, I had zero initiative to go ahead and see another Godzilla movie after two what I feel are subpar movies as far as the Godzilla genre is concerned. I preferred the Godzilla movies from the 60s and the, and the 50s over anything that had been produced as far as either the 90s film or the movie that came out earlier this decade. But then I saw the trailer, and like I said before, it did catch me in the right way. I am kind of hooked on going to see it now. They are reeling me in ever so carefully. So I am interested in seeing Godzilla King of the Monsters in some form of fashion in the near future. And I think at some point in time, I think it's going to go ahead and whether or not it's going to do very well, the box office is still up for debate. It is going to do about $50 million this weekend. It's projected to do so, which is okay but for a larger production scale type movie that may not be enough to get enough interest overall we'll have to see how well it does overseas because the future of the godzilla franchise is probably writing on this very movie yes godzilla still might appear as a sidekick or something of that nature as you know as they battle off against king kong but at, you know it to me i think no matter how much you and i want to go see it I still think at this point in time, the results will lead people into thinking that King Kong is going to take the lead as far as that type of character people want to see more than Godzilla, which is unfortunate because in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, it looks like they're pulling out all the stops and not just having one, two, three, but it looks like even more monsters face off against Godzilla. So to me, that looks very, very interesting. But it does not look like it's going to be able to garner huge money at the box office, which this movie sorely needs because the production budget, you know, my friend, 
It's not the old knock over the cardboard buildings like in the past. This takes some real financial heavyweight power behind it. And in order to get it done, you got to get some nice returns. And at this point in time, even though you and I both want to see it, I'm not sure it's going to lead to anything long term for the Godzilla franchise other than a guest appearance on an upcoming King Kong movie. Yeah, but also, you know, again, there's not a lot of places it can really go to have a meaningful narrative because they're fighting all the monsters in this one. And then they're going to fight, you know, they're going to have their, their Godzilla versus King Kong throw down. But Godzilla can only save mankind so many times before that story is going to run its course and people are going to get kind of tired of it. And then, you know, that's going to create a whole string of straight to DVD things or whatever. But no, it has its life cycle. I'm, I'm imagining it's going to last three movies, maybe four, and then it's just going to go away for a while. At least that's that's what I hope. I hope they don't like do a Terminator and try to keep keep reviving it over and over again but again you know I, I don't know what kind of storytellers are out there that have meaningful stories to tell when it comes to Godzilla but I think um, you know if they were to develop their human characters a little more the, there could be a little more life left in that franchise than than you and I might think you know what I, I agree with you on that there could be a little bit more than what we are thinking off the top here which means they would have to go outside the box with something different than what has already been seen from the Godzilla franchise. But there could be a different way to approach the Godzilla franchise, but I haven't figured out what, and it looks like not anybody else has either, because while King of the Monsters looks appealing to us, it still looks like the battling and destroying cities, and and it looks like something we've seen before Maybe from a little bit of a different perspective, but it doesn't deviate too much from what we've seen already as far as a narrative, like you said, from the Godzilla franchise from either the recent or distant past. So I am still hopeful that Godzilla King of the Monsters will do well overseas to warrant a future in the Godzilla franchise because it doesn't look like it's going to get the great or huge numbers here in the United States that I think it needs to. So let's hope that overseas can carry it, which some movies have had that luxury of doing so. And sometimes continuous movies get greenlit and greenlit and greenlit because of the fact that they're doing well overseas and they don't necessarily do well here in the States. So I'm hoping that Godzilla, King of the Monsters, will get some love overseas to the point where it will necessitate more movies in the franchise. But as of now... Godzilla King of the Franchise is in theaters. It's getting okay reviews, not too bad. People are enjoying it as a popcorn flick, which is what it should be, which is what it was meant to be, and which hopefully will translate into a movie people want to see a little bit more than what's anticipated from what we see at box office analysts right now at this point. Yeah, let's hope so, because, I mean, the, the movies are entertaining, and they're not superhero movies. and Yeah, but, I mean, they seemed hokey at one point, right? When, uh, like the, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, and then we got Godzilla 2000, which was basically like a hyper-Americanized version of the, the old uh, Godzilla f- flicks that they showed in Japan. Little kids are always going to want to watch that kind of thing, but... How, how do you connect audience? How do you connect the, the the age gaps in the audiences, right? How do you have someone who want who takes their kid to see this movie and then have that movie also impact the parents as well, or create something that's that's emotionally driven that makes the parent not feel like they wasted their time going to see that movie? And I'm sure there are a lot of voices out there, like with what Gareth Edwards did with the with the last Godzilla to come out. I thought that that was 
pretty pretty good it was it was okay it wasn't great but like it was a different spin on a tired tale so i would hope that there are other storytellers out there that could do things with it that could be meaningful but it's one of those things like godzilla is really one of those franchises that you can't just take and go over and over again in circles because it's not going to survive that kind of beating it's not a strong enough franchise for it to go ahead and be able to stand up under the weight of all those expectations if it has a lot of expectations. Now, I know a lot of people are hoping that this movie does well, but to me, like you said, it's it's just something that right now that that is good popcorn entertainment. The expectations should not be that high, but unfortunately, when you have a movie with this high of a budget and it's rumored to be well above a hundred million dollars you got to go ahead and produce and unfortunately i don't think godzilla king of the monsters is going to produce at a level that it needs to but still the reviews are pretty solid and it looks like something that a lot of people if you're just going in there for some good old-fashioned popcorn entertainment it might be something worth watching and that's godzilla king of the monsters coming this weekend to see what it could do to demolish Aladdin, John Wick 3, Parabellum, Avengers Endgame, and the whole rest of the box office this weekend. What are your thoughts out there on Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Are you running away and screaming in terror? Or is this a movie that you want to go ahead and check out this weekend at the theater? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace gaming wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com, and if you use the code VITABRACE50, you'll get half off on a Vitabrace gaming wristband, or use the code BUYONE-GET-ONE, and it's buy one, get one free. That's right, just use the code VITABRACE50, or buy and the number one, get and the number one today to get some great deals on some Vitabrace gaming wristbands. So check it out today at MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. Well, my friend, I briefly mentioned the Avengers, which should still be earning hopefully right around $10 million this weekend, even though it's looking more and more like it will probably not catch up to avatar for the all-time leader in the box office it is just a little bit under a hundred million dollars short you never know could still surprise but the thing i want to talk to you about when it comes to the avengers is that word leaked out that at e3 the actual marvel game that square enix has been working on is going to be announced as a title that's called the avengers avengers what we're not sure yet but it is going to be a title that's the avengers is included in you know, when's the release date and all that. We're going to learn more on that at E3. But your thoughts on this upcoming Avengers title, which most likely will probably not be released until sometime in the fall at the earliest. Is this going to be an issue where the momentum of Avengers Endgame is long gone by that time? So the Avengers will people won't have an interest in? 
Or is this something that because of the Avengers and the MCU has had such goodwill over the course of the past years that it's built up that you think anything that's put out right now as far as a Marvel video game is really going to do well once it comes out to gamers? Well, it's it's two different mediums of storytelling, I think, because people have been stoked about this game ever since they showed the trailer, what, three or four years ago. And I, I feel like a lot of the people who go and watch the movies aren't necessarily gamers, but gamers do go and watch the movies. So I think that it, yeah, it's it's I think it's going to do great because, you know, look at Marvel, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1, not that great. Ultimate Alliance 2 was probably more well-received, but people have been wanting like a, a Marvel RPG that they can play with their friends for a really long time. So if that's some, if that's what Square Enix is working on, which is kind of their calling card, then I assume people are going to really want to go out and play this. And I don't know if it's going to be enough to go out and like buy a console or whatever, if you are someone who doesn't own one, but wherever the MCU is and in regards to, to story and video game, I don't, I, yeah, they're connected a little bit, but I don't think they're connected enough to really, say that oh because avengers endgame did well this video game is going to do well yeah i think it's going to have some kind of effect on it but you know like i said gamers are always just looking for fun and interesting things to play and if it's a a marvel thing all the better because a lot of gamers are also comic book fans so if they can get something sink their teeth into something they're familiar with and something they can play with their friends assuming the four-player co-op thing is correct you know we don't know what kind of game it is but if it is something that's fun and it works then then yeah, I mean I'm I, I think that it's going to do it's going to do really well and Avengers Endgame can only help it, but I don't think that it would sl- even if Avengers Endgame was bad, I don't think that it would have slowed sales down at all. Yeah, that's true, but I still think with Avengers, the only thing is it's it's gotta have be a game that people have confidence and faith in, because outside of the Spider-Man games, there's been a lot of games within the and also Lego, I should say as well. There's been a lot of games within the Marvel Universe or Marvel-related games that haven't fared very well with gamers once they've been released. Now, when it comes to Ultimate Alliance, wasn't there a confirmation that a reimagined version of Ultimate Alliance would be coming back to gamers as well? Ultimate Alliance 3 uh, on uh, Nintendo Switch, I think. I thought I thought it was exclusive to Switch. I remember that game. The issue with that was that it was... It's top down, so not a lot of people really liked those um, kind of top down controls and the way the camera kind of, if your guy got stuck behind something, it's hard to see. Almost Gauntlet style. Yeah, yeah, and Gauntlet was fun, but Gauntlet was more you can manipulate where the camera goes, whereas in Ultimate Alliance you couldn't. You're just kind of stuck wherever the game puts you. So, I, yeah, I would love to see a reimagining of Ultimate Alliance, but that that top down style gives me a headache like i have a really hard time with a lot of these real time strategy games too so y- yeah it'd be cool and i'm sure there'd be an audience for it but you know moving forward say it's like a marvel rpg like it, it that would be rad if that's something score enix is working on you know something that has like a legit progression system something you can play with your friends something that's got good graphics good storytelling maybe it looks like a final fantasy game that would only help that friend. I mean, it would only help Marvel games grow as a whole. That's correct. And if it does really well with audiences and gamers alike, that it will go ahead and be something that can be counted upon and a new franchise could emanate from there. And that would be really cool because I would love to see and love to interact with an Avengers type format and that's something that you and i have said was for a long time now has been a natural is to incorporate things going on in the mcu and relating it over into a video game format 
And yes, I understand that they've had the what the what's the one that they is that that mobile they've had the mobile game that's been out forever that you've seen the commercials on and whatnot. And that but that's not the same thing. This is going to be something that's a triple A produced game by Square Enix that is going to be counted on to hopefully garner some major interest for console owners and hopefully PC owners as well once it comes out. So we'll have to wait and see what Square Enix has in the queue for this upcoming Avengers video game. I know we're excited for it, and hopefully you will be as well. What are your thoughts on an Avengers video game? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. One last thing before we go ahead and head on to a break. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Huh, such an original title. Yes, I know it does bring back some of the old standbys and old favorites that were, for the most part, killed off in Call of Duty. But the title in and of itself, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, do you think it'll create confusion? Are you happy some of these characters that that are beloved are going to be coming back and making a return? Do you think this uh, is going to be set before the event of Call of Duty Modern Warfare and... Just basically overall, what were your impressions when you saw the trailer for Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Um, Because I know I hit you with a lot of stuff there that was Modern Warfare-ish. But, you know, just going in, what are some of your thoughts just when you watched the trailer for Modern Warfare? It just it looks like another Call of Duty game. You know, it looks like Modern Warfare, kind of that that same hype level that was given to Call of Duty 4 back in the day. And which which it, it was a really fun game. But I mean, what's what's new? What are they bringing to the franchise that's new. I know there's a new campaign coming out and hopefully that's going to be good because the the Modern Warfare, the Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare campaign, I don't know if you remember it, but that was fantastic. But what is Call of Duty offering me that I'm not getting out of I'm not going to get out of Ghost Recon or um or The Division or something like that. It just it feels like that it's it's too much too late and just the idea of them, you know, t- doing the self-titled Modern Warfare thing like it it feels like they're trying to reboot things, but I'm not seeing any changes judging by this trailer. But what are your initial impressions of it? I personally liked it. It's more interest than I've had in many years when it comes to the Call of Duty franchise. I have had tepid interest at best when it comes to variations of the Call of Duty franchise over the course of the past few years. I am back interested once again in the Call of Duty franchise because of the campaign. Hopefully that will come with Call of Duty Modern Warfare because it includes some of the actual beloved characters that we knew from the excellent, excellent Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare campaign. I think Activision realizes now that the Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare was a high point of the series, and to try and get back to that, they're bringing back some of that love that they have for that particular iteration of the franchise. Again, I'm not sure exactly where this takes place, are they retconning everything? I'm not really sure, but we're going to have to wait and see what is in the works for Call of Duty Modern Warfare when it comes out later this year in late October. But you know what? I'm jazzed for it. I'm, I'm really jazzed for it as of now. Check back with me in October. We'll have to wait and see if it stays that way. But as of now, hopefully we'll once again get to play through a excellent call of duty campaign that is just something that i've been hoping to do so for a long time now and i'm I'm hoping to revisit again because i did get the reimagining of call of duty 4 modern warfare and i enjoyed it once again and 
I'm just so stoked to see anything within a modern warfare environment from Call of Duty that brings back so much of what I once loved about Call of Duty. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm down for an attempt to return to the franchise, but you know, right now there's so many other things that I, I I'm trying to play through that I I'm not going to drop what I'm doing to play it. But if if there's enough word of mouth, enough high scores going on, enough good reviews, then maybe it's something I'll uh, I'll pick up and check out. But you know my feelings about Call of Duty, but I just it's it's going to take a huge shift in um you know just in what the game is to bring me back to it. You're not unlike a lot of other people out there that feel the same way about the Call of Duty franchise that have moved on to other games, other parts of their lives. But hopefully this will bring a lot of them back if it is as good as I hope it will be. And that is Call of Duty Modern Warfare coming to consoles later this year. In fact, late October, you know the time frame that Call of Duty always seems to come out, either late October, or early November. So it is going to be a hopefully for Call of Duty players a revisiting to a era gone by where Call of Duty was at its best with Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. But this time, drop the 4, it's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And hopefully in the coming weeks and months, we'll understand more about where this fits in the timeline, if this takes place before, if the whole Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare has been retconned, or where this goes along as far as what place in Call of Duty lore this actually fits at. And we'll hopefully see soon at E3 2019 from Activision more on Call of Duty Modern Warfare. What are your thoughts out there? Are you excited about Call of Duty Modern Warfare and are revisiting to that great era of video gaming in 2007? Are you are you excited to go ahead and revisit with some of those characters that, that were such a major part of the Call of Duty franchise and helped Call of Duty become the juggernaut that it has come to today? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we've got a little taste for you as far as an interview Josh did with M Cable. Josh, can you tell me a little bit more about it before we head into the break? Yeah, so I chatted up the uh, CEO of M Cable, uh, or they make the you know they make this HDMI cable here, and it's a HDMI cable. It's actually got a little tiny computer in it, and it's got so much processing power going on in it that it requires USB power to use. But so so I've been using that. And we had an interesting conversation about the science of HDMI, what makes this one so special, what goes into making an HDMI cable, what it's supposed to do, and how you know when you're at the store buying these copper plated ones that you're kind of getting ripped off. So we it's an interesting conversation. He's very passionate about what they do there. And I definitely recommend giving it a listen. I'm going to put some video stuff up of it soon. And yeah, just just check it out. It's a fun conversation for me. Absolutely. And we're going to have a taste of that interview coming up next. And right after that, Salvador Villa with his thoughts on what board games to get for International Board Game Day coming up on the back half of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. 
order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. We have a very special interview today. We are joined here today by... Amin Shaban, founder and CEO of Marseille Inc. in Silicon Valley. Okay, and just so they know, it, how, how did you tell me to pronounce it? It's, it's Amin, like, you know what I mean? Amin, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Amin, like, you know what I mean, Amin, Amin. <laughs> All right, I know what you mean. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay, so d- you are the... CEO of okay. MarseilleInc.com. Marseille. So, yeah, I'm the, I'm the founder and CEO of MarseilleInc.com. Uh, you know, you probably figure out by now that uh, I've got a French accent. I moved in Silicon Valley more than 20 years ago. They told me it was charming. I kept it, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's the company. It's like Marseille Inc. Uh, and for those of you who got the privilege to, uh, to check out uh, France and you went all the way to the south of France, you will, uh, you, will see, uh, you will know that Marseille is an amazing city in South France. And as a result of that, uh, since in the U.S. we can do whatever we want, I called it Marseille Inc., like incorporated.com. Okay. Is that where you're from originally? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From the oh, South of France. It's just just you know? bringing a little bit of home to the States, right? You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about the company and what you, what you guys do. What are you guys up to? You know, we are like a bunch of scientists and nerds in Silicon Valley who... Uh, the company basically were based between NVIDIA, AMD, and Intel, and we decided to build our own graphics processor, video processor, uh, to give justice to content. So what I mean by that is, you know, you get all this fancy TV, and, uh, you know, it used to be HD, now it's 4K, now we're talking about 8K, bigger and better, and it's true, they are better. But unfortunately, what we don't tell you when you buy the TV is the content is not there. So by the time you hit home, you've got this amazing 4K TV, but the content, the interesting content that you're going to be watching, whether you're streaming or not, is going to be much, much lower resolution than the, than the TV. And then, you know, if you're a gamer, you always want more. So what we do is we develop our own video processor, graphics processor, that enhance the content at a wide speed, which, uh, you know, as a simple example, we take some HD content and it comes in a chip and it's transformed in real time in 4K. And where it gets crazy, of course, we all heard at one point in time, like every TV has an upscaler and so on and so on. But what we really do is at 120 frames a second, we redraw every single pixel one by one in real time to make it better. And so at the end, it's all about getting better pixel, better, you know, better graphics and, you know, a better gaming experience or cinematic experience. And we have the crazy idea to literally take our own processor and put it inside an HDMI cable connector. And that's where it went like completely crazy. Like you step picked it up and we got like 1.7 million views. Uh, you know, of course, with all the the marketing fluff you've seen before heard of another shiny HDMI cable. That's obviously not what we do. It's a smart cable with a brain inside. Yeah, I mean, I was telling you, we were talking before we went on here, the uh, the, ex- the fact that it needs external power tells me that there's there's something big going on in there. Correct. Yeah, correct. I mean, it's, uh, you, know, it, you know, there's the good and there was the bad. The good is... Uh, you know, we love technology, so I'm not here going to sell you, uh, you know, it does, it does wonder, yes. But what is really good is 
if you talk about like you know sometimes I, I I compare content to like imagine filtering water I mean you can drink water any most of the water but at the end of the day they are filters and you can get bottled water you can get filtered water and what we really do is kind of like similar in the sense we filter the content so whatever you watch while, while you're watching it without you realizing without adding any lag time we basically make pixel better for you and it's kind of like you can live without it for sure but at the end of the day it's just better it's kind of you know i always give this example where you know you have your latest great phone and smartphone and you go somewhere and you want to take a picture and you know the reality we 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 know it very well it's whatever i take so i don't care how advanced the camera it never looked like what i saw so the brain is always computing pixel information uh, you know, and our job is trying to give justice to the content by recreating better than ever, right? Right. So, okay. So I have I worked at I worked at Best Buy for probably okay. s- six years, and I remember when I worked there, we'd always we'd stock televisions, and people would always buy these TVs, and then they would take them home, and they would look nothing like the way they were displayed. And I guess it's <laughs> maybe it's, it's like the harshness of the lights, but I also know that they calibrated those TVs and to like ridiculous levels, and mm. uh, you know, a lot of people were unsatisfied. Like, there's a lot of TV returns because people will take them Correct. home and be like, "What's what's going uh, on?" You here? know, this is this is you know. I said I moved in Silicon Valley in 1996. You know, uh, so quite some time now. And I remember the the early days of HDTV, and that's exactly what happened. The, the consumer will, you know, the average consumer, you get into the store, you see this amazing TV, you bring it home, and you plug it to a VCR at that time. And you freak out because this is not what you saw in the store. It doesn't look as good, right? Right. Uh, you know, and people were complaining. And I remember the, the joke was they were returning the TV and saying the TV is not working. And, you know, until it took a couple of times for the sales guy at Best Buy to figure out that the problem was not the TV, it was the content, right? Yeah. And yeah. that story is actually repeating over and over and over. What's happening is the same thing. You go to Costco, you find a, an amazing 4K TV, an OLED TV. And if you have a, if you have a Roku box, an Apple box, and or, you know a DVD player, and you plug it, it's it's gonna look like it's not gonna look good. I mean, uh, you know, it's gonna be terrible because uh, the 4K TV has 8 million pixels, and if you go as low as DVD, it will be half a million pixels. So uh, the idea behind is that clearly, to me, what I always say is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we always buy in, in the average consumer around the world. We buy a TV, we keep it seven to ten years, right? right. So whenever you're going to go for the crazy idea of buying a new TV, buy the best that you can afford it because you know, you're going to keep it for long. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, what's going to make your, your, the magic of your experience is not just going to be the display. It's going to be something that's even more important is the content. And people, you know, they look at the M-Cable sometimes and you get an amazing review. If you go on YouTube and you enter M-Cable, you're going to see, uh, you know, M like Marseille cable in one word, M-Cable, right? Right. So if you look it up, you're going to see amazing review. But the first reaction is like, you know, how can you do that? How can you make, you know, a visual better? And it's not, I'm not fixing without fixing my TV. But it's very simple. If you just have forget 4K TV, if you only take the example of an HD TV, you know, if you watch, as an example, a DVD or if you stream YouTube on your HD TV versus, you know, having a Blu-ray disc, of course, the picture quality is going to be day and night, right? Uh, you know, so at the end of the day, it just simply shows you that it's not about just the TV, it's the content itself. And that's where we come in, right? So we're trying to make sure that 
you know, give justice at the content. We're the only technology, by the way, that has been certified by one of the most trusted technology houses in Hollywood, Technicolor, for recreating the content as originally intended by movie director, 4K image certified by Technicolor. So we come from a cinema background, a video more, and basically about two years ago, we started to look into gaming, and uh, you know what we do is amazing. I mean, if you have a game console, uh, you just remove your HDMI cable and you put an M cable and magic stops, you know? Yeah. I Okay, so would you say, go as far as say, like your T, you can extend the life of your TV based on the HDMI cables you're using? I mean, you could, you know, there's so many ways to look at it. To me, the most important is, you know, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is most of us, unfortunately, we... You know, which we get a new TV, but the problem is not the TV, it's the content. You know what I mean? Like, 90, more than 99% of the content you consume every day, including from, you know, the Dish and the Comcast and all that, the content itself, native resolution is 720p. Okay. And so what's happening is that there's a real lack of content. And, you know, I, I don't want to go and and tell you, uh, you know, even with my French background, I could have a little bit of attitude here <laughs> and tell you all the TV sucks, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but, no, but the reality, it's not, it's not about the hardware, it's about the content itself. So, uh, you know, yeah, there are consumers, there are people who bought the end cable and are, woohoo, cool, I don't, need a, I don't need a new TV. And, you know, good for that guy. Good for, but at the end of the day, I think the key is we all need better content. Right. And I'm telling you, it's like the retina display. When you get used to it, there's no going back. Forget it. Whether I'm a gamer or whether I love cinema, video, and so on, you know, once, once, uh, once your brain started to discover better visual experience, there's no going back. You know, I always give this example of, uh, you know, 20 years back, we used to print picture, right? Remember the photo, uh, you know, with a camera. And, you know, I said, like, if I was printing a picture and I look, you know, I take a picture of you, I print it, I cut it in half and I only give you half of it, you're going to say, what's wrong with you, right? <laughs> but the reality, I could tell you, yeah, but it's enough. You know that it's you. You can recognize yourself. So that's what we're doing to the brain constantly by giving less information than actually you should have. And our job, you know, in real time is trying to recreate content, you know, as close as, uh, you know, it was intended at the first place. Yeah, the, Are you with me? yeah, and that that makes a lot of sense because you hear, um, you know, in gaming consoles specifically, you have these. The PlayStation Three back when it came out boasted about yeah. being able to, you know, you can watch this and this will play in sixty frames per second. But there was nothing yeah. that was able to get that full output out of the game. So you're mm. you're promised these visuals, but you don't get them. So you're, you're in gaming. You're right. In gaming, it's like it's another uh, it's another animal because. The gaming, it becomes, so the videos, like most of it, when there's the resolution, typically in general, there are three components that, that, that you need to understand that make this experience, right? To me, the resolution is one of them that we all understand, but it's far to be the most important one. The, there's a second one, which is the frame rate. That's what you're talking about, 60 hertz versus you know, 30 hertz, 24, 144, 120, which is like how, you know, the frame rate, the refresh rate of the display and basically, uh, you know, the, how fast the game console is going to be able to render the, the picture. And there's another one that we don't talk enough about, which is the pixel themselves. The truth is that I can get you, you know, uh, like, for example, the PS4, 
uh, claim to output a 4K, but actually the 4K does is not that good. Is uh, the graphics processor inside is struggling to 4K. So many times, you know, on a PS4, I would set up the PS4 to output 1080p, give me a 1080p 120 frames a second, you know, I will have a better gaming experience and better pixel, especially if you plug it to an end cable, than the native 4K at 60. Yeah. Because I'm going to have a higher refresh rate, higher, faster response time, and, you know, and on top of that, I'm going to get better pixel, and by the time you hit either an HDTV or 4K TV, it will be so much better. To hear the interview in its entirety, it's going to be dropping next week. Check us out on any one of your favorite podcast outlets on Tuesday, where you will catch Josh's interview with the CEO of MCable. Well, I called it earlier in the show, International Board Gaming Day. I'm so sorry out there. It is called the International Tabletop Day. So we got to get that clarification <laughs> out there because, you know, there might be some people that might be offended. Anyways, it's just a great day to have just some fun with your board games, your local board game store, or go out to walmart target or any other great store that has a whole bunch of board games buy and get some board games today and go ahead this weekend because international tabletop day is coming this weekend and it's just a time for everyone friends family it's going to be a great time this weekend for tabletop gaming and there's no better man to talk tabletop gaming than our tabletop gaming expert i like to say board gaming expert but you know, tabletop. <laughs> you say you say tomato, I say tomato. It is my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind Mario Party Wars. You got to check out his awesome organization today if you're interested in the Las Vegas area about becoming a part of the e-gaming scene. Plus, also as well, even if you're not in Las Vegas, you can follow them with all their great action on their Twitch channels and all the crazy stuff they do. It is my good friend. Mr. Salvador Villa. And Sal, it's always great to have you back on the show. That's a pleasure, Gerald. Thanks for inviting me back out. You say tomato, I say tomato. You say board gaming, I say tabletop. I say tabletop, you say board gaming. Let's get that all out of the way. It's just a fun time <laughs> this weekend to have a lot of fun this June 1st on International Tabletop Day. So in honor of that, there's got to be a lot of things that you're pointing towards to with either deals or with the great games that you have interest in. In fact, I checked out your social media. You look like you had a lot of preparation going with games that you bought specifically for International Tabletop Day this weekend. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on what games you're keying in on or that you think other people should key in on this weekend as they celebrate International Tabletop Day. Yeah, so... I would say for the most part, International Tabletop Day, obviously it's a great community event. So yeah, you should definitely go hang out with friends or go to your local tabletop store and just have some fun with it. Uh, get to check out what new tabletop games might be around or just have fun uh, for a good day to celebrate. So the classics are all like, that's almost always a good recommendation. I always recommend. So games like Settlers of Catan, even stuff like Monopoly or Sorry as classics, Apples to Apples, Cards Against Humanity, stuff like that. You can never go wrong with those. And so even for a day like Tabletop Day, there's a good amount of deals for even those kind of games on Amazon or even at your local store, most likely, or even at your local uh, tabletop store. So I would definitely recommend on any 
highly popular games that are already out that have been around for a couple of years. You can never go wrong with those. For this year alone, there were a few games I personally liked that I would definitely recommend picking up as they came out this year and they're hot games to play right now. Both of these, I found out about them at MeepleCon, actually, that happened this year. One of them was Astral Drive by Stronghold from Stronghold. And it's like a space race game. I, it's, it's really interesting how to describe the concept of it. But basically, you're racing against other players on your own spaceship. And the field is made up of various cards that have their own pathways as well as their own obstacles. And you also have a deck as to how you move your spaceship. And it's a cool concept of being the first one to reach the finish line. And basically, you got to learn how to maneuver yourself through space while also making sure you can sabotage your opponents or you can screw them over by ensuring that they can't get to the first. So if you if you like those kind of like really simple card game based games that are based on action cards, uh, especially with friends, I definitely recommend Astro Drive. It's just a fun, simple, unique game. Another one I saw, I haven't gotten to play this one yet, but for some reason, Stonemeyer is like a highly popular tabletop company that always seems to make quality games. It's the newest game that they came out with called Wingspan. But basically the point of this game is you're trying to collect and get birds to come to your aviary using a set of different components that revolve around cards as well as dice. And basically you you try to get as many birds as you can onto your side while making sure your opponents don't get that that same advantage. And I've heard a lot of good things about this game from the moment I saw it at MeepleCon and from the moment that it came out. So anyone who's really into like complex style games, but really love like very unique games and one with a very beautiful art style, the the game itself is very gorgeous. Wingspan is definitely one of those games to pick up for sure. For the most part, those are the only two from this year that I've gotten a chance to play and to actually try out to recommend. But I mean, you can never go wrong with also games like my one of my personal favorites is King of Tokyo. It's just a simple, straight up Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters kind of game where. Funny how that works this time of the weekend. I know, right? And that's that's part of the reason why we're also doing a tournament for our International Tabletop Day celebration for a chance for people to compete on a very simple game that anyone can jump into, whether they already know it or they don't. And just have a chance to also win uh, a cool little prize since we're giving away a copy of King in New York to the winner. Another game I also recommend, actually, and I just started getting into this game, like, again, oh, I love this game, but I I go in and out for some reason with it, is uh, Smash Up. It's a very simple deck-building kind of game that's already pre-made for you. And basically, the point of the game is to destroy bases, which are, like, cards on the field. Using your decks, they all have their own unique abilities. There's there's like twenty to like no not even there's like twenty base faction sets, and then there's like a bunch of expansion faction sets that you can buy. That if you like anything from Halloween style uh, decks to or factions to more traditional style like samurais and stuff like that, um, you can buy those as well. But it's it's just one of those like really cool almost like trading card based games that is really simple to play and it's really fun to play with your friends because 
for the most part, you're you're always trying to compete against one another, trying to sabotage each other, and just trying to earn all those points before they can reach their point sets. So Smash Up for anyone is a is a must have for sure. Once again, I'm on with Salvador Villa. He is the man behind Mario Party Wars. If you want to hear thoughts about board gaming, plus also as well all the great things that they do, of course, a lot of Mario Party is involved when he concerns Mario Party Wars. You can check out all the crazy kids and what they're doing today at Mario Party Wars on Facebook. You follow them, and you'll be glad you did, especially if you're in the Las Vegas area. They run a lot of e-gaming tournaments not only at the HyperX Arena here in town, but also as well at GameWorks and other great hotspots here in the area, including UNLV as well. Mm -hmm. So tell you what, if you're really into the e-gaming scene in here in Las Vegas, or if you just want to follow the action and all that they do, check them out today, Mario Party Wars on Facebook. My friend, there's also a lot of great stuff going on with International Tabletop Day this weekend, but a lot of people can get into other board gaming types, whether it's the traditional Monopoly, whether it's traditional Sorry, or some of the old standbys. Sometimes people can be intimidated by some of the newer titles that are out there. We talked about it before on as far as what Target has, Walmart has, and some of the other board gaming staples where you can get. But there's also standbys that are tried and true, which a lot of people like to get into, which are part of the board gaming scene. And I will start with Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons still, even to this day, is garnered a renaissance. A lot of people are getting into it. And with the association with Stranger Things, that could really get a lot of people more interested in the board gaming scene as well, especially when it relates to Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, uh, RPG style games like Dungeons and Dragons, Miniatures, Warhammer, uh, those kind of games have kind of gained a lot of momentum. Yeah, specifically due to pop culture phenomenons like Stranger Things, of video games, among other things. And people who really like to tell stories or to create their own fantasies based off what they really enjoy can now get the opportunities through all these different kind of play styles of the RPG and, and like storytelling based style of games. Thanks in partial due to the fact that tabletop gaming has gotten so big. So literally, if you go anywhere from your local tabletop store to even, you know, your local Walmart, you will find opportunities to actually do those kind of concepts. Plus, also, don't forget Amazon as well. Amazon.com is also one of the leading vendors out there. They're always running deals as well. So check them out anytime you're interested in a board game that you are really want to get into because you could check it out and compare prices. And you might find out that you could save $5, $10, $15 on a certain game just by going and checking around as far as making sure you're getting the best price, whether it's a specialty store or online or brick and mortar retailer. Exactly. My friend, it's been great talking to you. Oh, I've talked about all the stuff that's going on with Mario Party Wars, but you know what? It's better said by you, my friend. What is going on with Mario Party Wars and where best can they find all the action going on for Mario Party Wars? Yeah, so we're actually just about to wrap up our sixth season of our Mario Party tournament and then our finals in July. Along with that, we'll also be going to Game On Expo for the first time, and it's going to be our first out-of-state experience as an organization. So we're really looking forward to that. Watch out, Arizona! (laughs) But yeah, 
want to find out what we're all about, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those social media platforms, as well as you can see our live streams recorded on YouTube and live streamed on Twitch. Once again, that's Mario Party Wars. Just type it in there. It comes right up for you on all the social media and also streaming outlets. Sal, you're just a wealth of information when it comes to board gaming. Oops, tabletop gaming, your choice. Again, you say tomato, I say tomato. When it comes to board gaming and tabletop gaming, it doesn't matter. It's just all a good time when everybody gathers around the table to go ahead and play some good games this weekend as we celebrate International Tabletop Day. My friend, it's always great talking to you. Always a pleasure having you on the show. I got to hear your thoughts, hopefully here very soon, when it comes to what Nintendo is planning and what you're hoping for for Nintendo coming up at E3 2019. So I'll have you do some research and you better come back on with me. I mean that. I mean that. <laughs> you got it. All right. Sounds good, my friend. Salvador Villa from Mario Party Wars. Check out all the great things that his group is doing today on Facebook. It's always a pleasure having you on a show and, of course, a part of the pop culture cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. want to thank Salvador Villa, plus also as well, Josh. I want to thank you for conducting that interview. If you need a listing where we're at, because we're on so many different radio stations and we're being played every single day on the radio, check out our listings today, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where you also get a listing of many of our over 30 different podcasting options. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on with Humanica Media, so share the goods, my friend. What is going on with Humanica Media? We'll have a new episode going up tomorrow. We're talking about historically who would we hang out with if we had a time machine we'd go back and hang out with any prominent historical figure. So that one gets a little interesting. But yeah, just keep paying attention to our our Facebook pages and our Instagram pages, and uh, you'll know more stuff when we do. That's Topic Ocalypse. That's going to be available everywhere you can find your podcasts. All right, my friend, before we head on out, I want to hear your thoughts on this crazy deal. Did you see the Death Stranding video? And I can clearly tell you, my friend, I am so confused. Did I understand the latest Death Stranding video? The only answer I can give anybody out there as far as the latest Death Stranding video, which is available, you can find it on our Game Source Facebook outlet, is that it's Kojima. It doesn't have to make sense to you now. It may not even have to make sense to you later, just as long as you have fun playing through it. This looks like definitely it's going to be another wild journey through a whole lot of just fantastical things that only Kojima can deliver upon. With Kojima, I don't think that things necessarily have to make sense. 
Kojima is known for delivering a cinematic game. You know, you get your visual feast, you get your smooth gameplay, and then, uh, you know, people talk about it for years. Look at a lot of this, like Metal Gear Solid doesn't make sense at all. Silent Hill, his version of it didn't seem to make sense. And then this game doesn't seem to make sense, but maybe it will. You know, I, I hold him in higher regard than I hold Nomura, who just kind of throws lines of dialogue at you and says, well, this is the way it's going to be. So, yes, I did watch the trailer. I watched all eight minutes of the trailer. Didn't understand a single thing that was happening in the trailer, but um, I'm I'm intrigued enough to go play the game. You know, it, hopefully it's not just a walking simulator, but um, you know, obviously there's some kind of emotional ties there between Norman Reedus's character and the girl, and there's there seems to be a little bit of combat. But does that combat take place? in a time warp or does it take place out in the real world because a lot of it just looks like you're running from one place to the next so i don't know man like i'm intrigued i want to play it it looks like a really cool game story-wise i don't know what to expect from it because it looks like it's kind of a mixed bag of nuts like who are these characters who are these shadow characters it looks like there's more than one force going to war with each other in this so i don't know what was your initial reaction to it huh it was cinematically pleasing though visually what did you think of it you know what and I'm also going to talk about modern warfare in this, in that visually, both of them looked outstanding. I was impressed with the visuals on both Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Death Stranding because they came out almost one day after the other. And I was comparing the two as far as visually. And we are at a point, Josh, where things are really starting to get close to photocentric type deal where it's really, really good. The bar is being raised. I know we're on the tail end of the PlayStation 4 and also as well the Xbox One life cycle, but it's just truly amazing of where they're getting at. Death Stranding was confusing to follow, but in a good way. It was fascinating to watch. It's To me, it was just like they're throwing this all this different imagery in there. You're not sure what to make out of it, but my goodness, it's still so much fun to watch. And it still makes you want to go ahead and be a part of it, even if you can't really figure it all out. So I am very intrigued by seeing what's coming up this November when it concerns Death Stranding. I just can't figure out what's going on with it right now. But if you can figure out what's going on with Death Stranding, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. We've got a great show coming up for you on Monday. We're going to recap some of the things that went on this weekend at the box office. Plus also as well, we got a great song from Carrie Music and also Racing Chu of the Regacy Show. He's going to be talking a little bit about AEW, All Elite Wrestling, his thoughts on their most recent Double or Nothing show, but also the future of All Elite Wrestling. Him and I are going to break down what's right with AEW, what needs to be fixed with AEW, and if they have a viable chance to compete with the WWE at some point in the future. Any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? Yeah, we got to do like a fall preview for games because there's a lot of good stuff coming out here. And like gaming season is actually starting in July this year with the launch of Wolfenstein Young Blood. So we're going to have to have an episode where we're doing a little fall preview in here. We will be doing a fall gaming preview, but can't start on that yet until everything gets broken down at E3 because, you know, that's right around the corner, my friend. You and Jamie and Tony and Chad will be there, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say when it comes to E3. Yeah, E3 is right around the bend coming up. I'm excited to see all the stuff Microsoft's going to be pushing out. Allegedly, they got 11 new IPs to come out from the studios that they purchased, so it'll be exciting to see what they have to offer. 
I'm excited to hear about as well. Plus, some other things came up when it comes to E3 that we got news on as far as possible new contender in the home arcade space with at games. That could be a possibility as well. Hopefully, you guys will get a chance to go down there and check it out. And then also, speaking of the home arcade marketplace, Arcade 1UP, I'd love to see and hear what's coming up for them as well. They were so gracious to us at CES. Love to hear your thoughts with them as hopefully they will be there at E3 2019. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.